everybody. So really excited. We are here to talk about uh, more episodes from uh, doc, the first season of Doctor Who. We're almost finished with this season in this uh, Talking Doctor Who recap as a podcast we've been doing. And my friend Jonathan is here to talk about episodes 8, 9, and 10. Hello. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining me. And I don't know when I can think of a stronger three sets of episodes that we have covered. We've just covered season one and season 10. I know it's kind of strange, but that's how it worked out. <laughs> and I really thought these were all solid. And so I'm really excited to talk about them with you. Yeah, I really like these ones as well. Yeah. And they're all going back in time, which <laughs> maybe said part of the reason why I like, because those are ones I like better. So, okay. So we're going to talk about episode eight first, and this is called Father's Day. And this was written by a man named Paul Cornell. And I was, if I had a hat, I would tip my hat at Mr. Paul Cornell, because this was very well written, I thought. Uh, the, um, that was the, the star of this episode, was the writing in my opinion. I I liked this episode too. The only I kind of have one issue with it, but only because I've watched the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Things happen in this episode that like never happen again. Like these yeah, well, creatures that come to cleanse the wound of time. You never see them again. Mm -hmm. And they're never talked about again as something that happens if something bad happens in time like time time is broken like time time is broken multiple times but it's always something different that happens in later episodes mm -hmm. so as much as i liked it the first time i watched it just thinking about how, how that it's inconsistent as to what happens when time is rewritten just bugs me a little bit Mm -hmm. Not enough to ruin this episode for me because I really like this episode mm -hmm. and the characters save the episode. No matter what happens with the lore of the show, the characters are the star of this episode and the characters are the reason that I like it so much. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, that this is one of the rare episodes that I've seen. Again, I've only, I haven't seen everything, but that, that actually like kind of accounts for the the messing up with time <laughs> you know that uh that you don't the paradox of time i and uh i think maybe that's part of the reason why i liked it so much uh but i thought that the dialogue was really strong i thought that as far as the writing i just thought it was very well written and a, a very interesting story and i think it's maybe a shame that they haven't embraced some of the themes of this episode anymore because I think that, I just think it's really strong. So, well, let's talk about it a little bit, about what happens. So, you have this uh, request by Rose that the doctor take her back to the day that her father is killed in a hit-and-run car accident. And he's resistant to this idea at first, but she says, I just don't want him to die alone. And, I mean, without, like, huge spoilers, like, are, is... Is this unique in the fact that the the doctor helping 
persons in either the companion or I guess in his life? Is that a unique thing uh, in the um, series? Going back uh, in time. This specific type of scenario, I, I would say that this, this is unique to go back to something something as pivotal as a as one of their family members deaths i think that's pretty unique i i can't think of another instance where something like this happens mm -hmm. with another companion yeah i mean it, it makes sense because it kind of exposes a uh, i guess a logical uh problem maybe with the whole doctor who kind of with Doctor mm -hmm. Who, it kind of exposes a problem, you know, that like they're making all these changes in time, and yeah. uh, and there's no ripple effect really shown, and so you know it makes sense that they would kind of fudge over that, but I thought it was it was really powerful, and I can understand why the Doctor would want to help Rose, you know, this request of at least just her father not being alone, and she but she gets there. And she can't kind of help herself, but save her father's life. And she says, she, she rationalizes as it's just one commonplace, ordinary person. Like it's not going, it's not, not, it's not someone who's going to become a Nazi or something like that. And uh, yeah. What did you think of, of that? I understand her motivation. I understand I understand everybody's motivations in this episode, and I think they're all really well written. Like, like I said, my only problem with it is the inconsistency with the rules of how changing time works. Giant monsters that come to cleanse the wound, and then they're never heard from again. It seems like that's that should be something integral to the lore of Doctor Who. And mm -hmm. it just kind of makes me that they're explained away and forgotten after this episode yeah fair like enough I said, the characters everything about the characters the way they're motivated to do what they do everything else makes sense in this episode and i really like it for that yeah fair enough well so uh yeah i mean it makes sense what rose is saying but then the doctor of course has a very strong reaction to that what she says you know she's he says i i thought that you were smarter and uh, that uh, that how could you be so stupid? Uh, what did you think of that interaction? I thought he was rather harsh, but a lot of things about the Ninth Doctor are kind of harsh. He's mm -hmm. very blunt about a lot of things he says, so I didn't find that out of character. I just I wish he could have been a little bit nicer with how he phrased it, but in with his character, it makes sense. Mm, yeah. And I mean, it is a huge problem. Again, taking out the rest of the lore or whatever, like if you just look at this one episode, uh, it's a huge problem that what she's done because, uh, you know, her dad could, they could even have more children all of a sudden and there could be, you know, those people would then go out to have more children. And you know what I mean? Like the, it could have this, one of those kids could be the next Hitler. You know what I mean? So like it, it, it has a huge, huge ripple effect, even though it seems like, oh, it's just one ordinary man. Yes, and that's true. But it, I, I keep coming back to this, but like the doctor does this himself. 
in a, in, a, in future episodes. He'll he'll say there was one episode specifically where they save a whole family of people that were going to die just because they weren't important, and his companion really wanted him to have compassion on someone. So the doctor, he's semi-hypocritical, and I know the doctor's personality changes from incarnation to incarnation, but I don't know, it seems, it just seems inconsistent to have him so upset about this one instance, and then a few years later, he does it again himself with no no repercussions. Mm. Okay. Well, I, I thought, though, it was interesting when he's like, he says, you know, my whole planet was destroyed. You don't think I've been tempted to go back and fix that? Uh, I thought that was good. Yeah. No, I, every, I, liked, I liked what he had to say. It just, yeah. as looking at the series as a whole, <laughs> makes me kind of, annoyed with the doctor sometimes <laughs> yeah fair enough okay uh so anyway so like you said uh well first of all she gets to see her parents actual marriage and gets to see that they weren't as it, all things weren't you know roses and cupcakes like she had always been told mm-hmm. which was yeah, interesting I, I i liked that it wasn't it's always everybody always talks about people who have died like they were i don't know better than they were yeah. right and it was nice to see that that wasn't the case i guess i don't know i just i liked the fact that he was very human and he was not this perfect man that she grew up believing him to be these there's they're at this wedding for friends of theirs and uh, there's there there are these reapers that come and uh, they're trying to like you said heal the wound which again i don't know all the lore like you do but like i thought it was actually kind of a beautiful concept of sort of a wound in time because you think of like death really does create a wound and and uh and uh, i don't know i i i thought it was i thought it was really well written just as far as an episode and it was i i liked it like i said it's just looking at the many episodes that come later where something totally different happens in a similar scenario. That's what bugs me. It's that it isn't consistent. If they had some sort of explanation about the Reapers went extinct or something, that would be totally fine with me. It's just that they happen in this episode, which I really liked and it was well-written. And then they're completely forgotten about in the rest of the series. Hmm. Maybe uh, they can bring it back for next season. <laughs> I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that. For Mr. Paul Cornell, come back. <laughs> Write another episode. Uh, a, a plot hole. Like time travel is just like by its by its nature, like always going to have mm-hmm. plot holes. Yes. Always. And so, like you have the the fact that her mother wouldn't recognize the fact that why does my daughter look so much like this woman you know like yeah maybe uh that that was there with my you know like my husband when he died and this woman you know that was pretty pivotal and yeah maybe you just forget or whatever but it's the same thing with like back to the future like why you you say that why does the mom never say why the heck does my kid look exactly like the kid from that i almost 
kissed in high school, you know, that got us together and everything and that I named him after. And so uh, it's, um, it's funny now, but that's just the, that's just the part of the fun of time travel is you kind of have to be like, you have to be willing to suspend disbelief a little bit. Right. Cause there's just always, like I said, always a million plot holes with time travel and so you just have to kind of have fun with it <laughs> mm-hmm. in my opinion so anyway yeah i mean that's basically the episode uh i i don't know i just i just uh yeah i mean it's hard because i don't have that experience like you do um so i mean i i give this like a nine out of ten i really liked it i thought it was I thought it had heart. I thought the dialogue was really strong. I thought the story was really solid. I thought uh, that it was just very well done, but I don't have that, that experience like you do to Mm -hmm. say, to have the problems. So I understand. I think before, like the first time I watched it, I probably would give it a nine. Now I think I'd probably give it an eight because there are things that now that kind of annoy me having seen the whole series, but mm-hmm. I still really like the episode. So it's still really high for me. Yeah. So I'm going to do an eight. I'm going to talk about two-parter uh, with The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances by uh, my favorite author, Stephen Moffat. Just kidding. Uh, and I was joking with, with you that uh, this is this to me is like his... Uh, his sixth sense because <laughs> like, I say that Stephen Moffat is the M. Night Shyamalan of TV because I think he got a little bit um, in my opinion I think he got maybe given a little bit too long a leash just like Shyamalan and uh, and I don't know like he's the king of like the twisteroo and I gotta I gotta you know I can't just tell a good story I have to like ring a good story out of you and kind of trick the try to trick the audience which i hate and uh but this one there really isn't like a there really isn't a cheap twist uh in my opinion this is actually a pretty solid pretty emotional uh set of episodes some people like the idea that he does like these sort of puzzles and you kind of figure it out but like i always find them immensely frustrating and and so uh this it was sort of pleasant so i I, i'm not somebody who won't give uh people that i generally dislike credit when they do something i like so there you go um but uh so the first part of the episode is called the empty child and in the empty child basically there they there's this um uh they find this cylinder marked uh, dangerous uh, and they end up going to World War II and the Blitz on London finds this child, this boy, with a gas mask and it's, it's asking for his mother. He's asking for help. And uh, so, you know, she's trying to help him. And at the same time, the doctor finds this woman named Nancy and uh, she, she knows about the boy. She says that the boy is her brother there's this captain named jack harkness and he's a time agent can you explain what time agents are not completely because they're only referenced vaguely in the series it i'm from what i've seen in other episodes in this episode it's some sort of 
agency, like, I think it's like the year 5000 or something, some far off time. And they travel through time. And I'm not sure what else they really do. I'm okay. not sure why they travel through time. And the, I don't know. The, not a whole lot given about them. Fair enough. Okay. So, but these are not time lords. No, 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 no. These yeah. are these are humans, as far as I know. Yeah. Humans who have discovered time travel. Right. And so, what did you think of this little boy? And what did you think of Nancy? I loved this concept. It was so. It, this is the kind of scary movie or scary TV show that I like because my biggest problem with horror movies is they, the one, at least the ones I've seen, they never have a good ending. And this one, it was creepy and disturbing and just, it had a great atmosphere, but then at the end, there was a good ending. Mm-hmm. And I wish more horror movies would be like that i know they probably wouldn't be called horror movies anymore if they were like that but if i if i'm gonna watch something that's scary i want there to be a good ending and i really liked this i I liked the concept of this creepy child following people around asking if they were his mummy and i don't know it was just it was so well written and so well thought out this is this is this is stephen moffat at his best i because i've said for years that his best episodes were when he was not running the show. I think he just got too much on his plate and didn't have enough time to work his magic on one single episode or set of episodes. And his best work is when that's what he's focusing on for the year. Right. I thought he did a great job with these characters. Yeah, these are, these are good. And so I can understand that. And yeah, I know what you're saying about horror, I feel like it is nice to have, and I'm no horror expert by any means, but it is nice to have a sense of sort of catharsis and a sense of uh, some sense of sort of victory or something like that when you leave a movie uh, that, you know, I think even like the great Hitchcock films, there usually is some sense of like, well, the bad guy was killed or, every, you know, the, some sense that the characters are going to be safe, some some you know, at the end uh, of those movies. So I, I, th- I think there's some truth to what you say. And so, yeah, I think it was good. What do you think of Nancy? I really liked her. I liked that she was so devoted to her, spoiler alert, her son, that when he died and became this creature, she used that devotion towards other children who didn't have anyone and Mm -hmm. she basically became a mother to them because she couldn't be one to her own son yeah i just thought she was a great character especially for that regard yeah she was good i mean she had real heart um and you could see why she was sort of ashamed of what of she was ashamed of her not her son, but ashamed of the fact that she had had her son in a way. And you could feel that, but like also very, she was a very conflicted character, I think. And it was also a time of war. You just really, and I thought the girl did a really good job with her performance. She was good. And yeah, it was good. I thought that this movie, what movie, I thought that this episode, this two episodes were, were, 
unpredictable. I really didn't quite know what was going to happen. And, and that was nice. And it wasn't in an annoying Mm -hmm. Stephen Moffatish way. (laughs) It was in a, uh, in a, I, I don't know. I was just enjoyed the ride. Like I didn't quite know what was, what was going to happen with this. I, I didn't, at least I didn't call it at the beginning that this was her son and that, you know, kind of how it was going to play out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why, that's one of the reasons I like this episode so much because I know you don't think of it as a twist ending, but I thought there were a lot of little twists and turns that this episode took that were just really great and really surprising and really well written. Yeah. Just classic Stephen Moffat at his best, I think. Yeah. It was uh it was really good. And so uh, there's this doctor named uh well, let's actually let's talk for a second. So, what did you think uh, even if you the time agent is confusing, what did you think of Jack Harkness as a character? I like him. He's funny and different because you don't get like most of his character, most of his companions, because Jack is technically included as a companion because he's now on board the TARDIS and riding with them. Um, They're not, he doesn't have a whole lot of guy companions and they're usually from modern times. I like the fact that he's from a time in the distant future. I just like his perspective on things, I guess. He's different than most of his other companions and i like that yeah i thought he was great i thought that him and rose had really good chemistry i thought that the actor was really charming and mm-hmm. i i don't know i just really in john him a lot john barrowman is a great actor i don't know have you ever watched any of the cw superhero shows arrow uh, flash I, I never have is he on those he plays malcolm merlin who is a, an extremely evil bad guy and he he's just plays him to perfection he's so evil I, he's great i really like him i don't think i've seen that much else with him but he's been on he's been on arrow and the other shows even more than he's been on doctor who now because he's been on arrow for years so i i really like him i've i've seen enough that i i just enjoy it whenever he's in something that I'm watching. Hmm. Yeah, he was new to me. I had never, um, I had never uh, seen him before as an actor, and I, I agree. I thought he was really strong. Doctor and a Doctor Constantine, who is watching over all of these uh, patients with the same gas masks that uh, the little boy has, and uh, he's kind of creepy and weird, and uh, the. I don't know, just everything is just kind of, he's kind of just creepy and weird and you get this weird vibe. It reminded me a lot of the, um, what are they called? The, um, the, the, the creatures in, in season 10 with the masks over there. The, the, I can't remember what they're called. The bill becomes turned into. Oh, the, Cybermen. Cybermen. Yeah, this what it kind of reminded me a little bit of. I thought I can see that, but yeah, it's totally different. But I could see where you get that, especially the way that the uh, the way that it happened for Bill. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because they're in that hospital with yeah. Bill and everything. So sort of it's mostly set up in this first episode. And then we get in the Doctor Dances, we have the sort of concluding part here. Uh, so that uh, we find out that uh, the that Jack had sent that uh, canister, the cylinder or whatever, uh, to uh, sort of a, attract other time agents and uh, and he was going to try to kind of um, use a sort of this money-making uh, scheme, I guess, that he was going to do. And he was trying to con somebody into thinking that it was worth more than it was. Mm-hmm. He wanted to sell it to them, but he had parked it in a place where a bomb was going to fall. So it would be destroyed after they paid for it. And then he looks like he's in the clear because he got his money and that would be it. He, because the way it would look to them, they wouldn't realize that he'd gone back to this time before to figure out where a bomb was going to fall so that he could park this thing and have it destroyed before somebody could pick it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it worked. You didn't really need a ton of backstory as far as, as far as all that. I didn't really care where the uh, <laughs> canister came from uh, to me. Uh, it was sort of unnecessary. Uh, it, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like very often in Doctor Who do we really understand what brought the doctor to where he ends up you know we he's just there and so i i didn't know if i even really needed any of that like he could have just been i would rather had maybe more explanation of what a time agent is versus like this particular canister what how it got there that didn't really matter to me and i never thought of it like that before but that is true i probably would like more explanation about time agents rather than this canister canister that eventually was and it turned out to be an ambulance but yeah yeah I, it would be nice to know more about time agents they did they did have a lot of explanation about the chula warship and the canister that's an ambulance yeah really, <laughs> for the most part i guess that stuff isn't explained too in detail in other episodes yeah 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 agreed and so anyway the the doctor figures out this whole concept of nanogenes and that basically they're kind of uh then it's like the ability to sort of uh heal and comfort and i don't know that uh that uh the the problem is is that they think that all humans need to be like this little boy uh, i they, think they, i think that basically the nanogenes are they're a type of nanobot. Like in other science fiction, you have nanobots, which are microscopic robots. I've seen other things where it's like a cloud that it look, just looks like a cloud or a swarm of something that it's so tiny there's, and so many of them that you can't tell what it is. Yeah. But they like can build buildings and things. I think they took that concept and made it into sort of a medical concept. So these things repair broken bodies, like heal wounds, things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, the but, but the problem is, is they just deduct the wrong thing from yeah. this from this little boy, 
and they end up, that's why, why they end up, uh, like converting, yeah. The, yeah, trying converting. to convert the human race into being what this little boy seems to be. Right. Which is an interesting, kind of an interesting concept a little bit, you know, cause it's one of those things in sci-fi where it seems so great on the surface, like, Oh, these, these, uh, creatures that are, are able to heal and, and, and make, you know, make things better and whatever. But then you just get this like little sort of, uh, miss like, it's sort of like this little like temptation or this little misinformation and, uh, and it causes a huge problem. <laughs> the best yeah. of intentions gets, gets, uh, perverted, I think. Yeah. And so and Dr. Constantine and the rest of these uh, patients have been uh, converted, I think, as you said. And, uh, but what we find out is finally uh, the doctor kind of talks uh, Nancy into admitting that this little boy is not her brother. And that's why he keeps asking for his mother, his mother, his mother, his mother, his mother, and that she, he's actually her son, as you said. And uh, I thought that that worked. I thought it felt authentic. I thought it felt uh, like a real, you know, sort of, I don't know, reveal. And uh, I thought, I thought it worked. I, I, it was good. Yeah. It's, it's still one of my favorite resolutions to an episode because not, I would say less than half of Doctor Who episodes have a really solid, happy ending for absolutely everyone in the story. And this one did. Mm-hmm. Like, I think literally everyone had a happy ending because everyone that was affected by the nanogenes was healed by the nanogenes when they realized that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone actually died in the whole episode which is very rare for a Doctor Who episode. And I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really sweet. So yeah, she finally, she admits that she is his mother. They embrace. And that's when the nanogenes realize that uh, they, they connect with her DNA and they realize that she is his mother. And that's when they they transform all not only the little boy but the rest of the patients and everything like that and uh that was really sweet that was really a a tender moment Mm -hmm. yeah i i I just i really love the ending to this one because of the ending it's one of my top favorite episodes Mm -hmm. and then you get a really nice uh, moment with jack where he is uh he's flying off and uh he realizes uh that he has the uh the the bomb on board his ship he's going to die and he he's uh got a um what was it a martini or something like that and he's like you know toasting his last moments and that's when rose and the doctor come in and save him, invite him to the TARDIS, and uh, it was just really nice. Another nice moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that episode. That and 
that part of I really liked that part of the episode too because the doctor and his companion usually leave and they usually leave whoever they've been working with behind but I really liked that Jack came on board the TARDIS with them and essentially became another companion because that doesn't usually happen like there's a lot of side characters that the doctor meets through his journeys that I feel like I really want to see more of this character but they get left in the past and or the future wherever they are they get left there and I really like that that didn't happen in this one I like that yeah came on board for some more adventures is that something happens more in this season than in other seasons then because we've had uh the what's his name who goes with them to the future yeah i would say so because it's very rare to have the doctor just pick up another companion and have them yeah come forward and be like a secondary companion to his main companion yeah yeah you'll have other times where there's more than one companion but it's not it's not always like the doctor just decides to pick up somebody that they're that they've met it's i don't know like in the future one of his companions gets married so the person that the companion marries comes aboard the tardis as another companion yeah and just it's more things like that somebody who's related to the 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 companion it's not like somebody random that they meet well and jack finishes out the season with them correct yes Yes. so that's pretty cool that's really cool so yeah i mean i don't know it's really strong it's really strong episode i mean i i these two episodes together I, i don't know i might give it a a nine i think it was really good i think i would probably give it a nine or a nine and a half yeah it's really it's one of my favorites yeah it's a really good one i can totally see why the acting's really strong the visuals are really strong i like the idea of because you do wonder like i guess why you know why not go back and in like shoot hitler or like before he became bad or you know what i mean like if you had the uh, that ability and so at least this one they went back to doctor to world war ii and uh and uh, did something and so that was good uh but um uh, i like these ones when they go back in time the the best as we've talked about so this was really good and i really i thought jack i like nancy i liked the little boy it was just good so yep yep i agree good good job yeah and so the next of the season is all written by russell t davies and uh it's uh, it's is it is it a three-parter basically through the end of the season or no no there is the next episode is standalone the threads of this episode are very minorly continued into the beginning of the second to last episode but not enough that you could say that it's a three-part episode but then the mm-hmm. final two episodes are a two-part episode okay however okay. they differ enough like tonally that you could still consider them episodes that stand alone because even though everything from the second to last episode carries over to the final episode they're very different Mm -hmm. because there's it takes the 
it takes a turn at the end of the episode and becomes something totally different. It's, they're really good. They're, this is more of my favorite episodes coming up. So. Well, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I, we did forget that the doctor does dance, as the title would imply, <laughs> of episode 10. And that was fun. Yeah. Dancing scenes. That was fun. So, all right. Cool, cool. Yeah, definitely these are three of the strongest. I think uh, the writing in particular is is really good. And uh, so good job writers (laughs) so all right well great well we're excited to talk about the end of this season and uh yeah and we're not sure i mean obviously we have the holiday holidays are are a lot harder but we'll try to get these out as soon as we can and if if you can let us know if you're watching what uh do you like about these episodes or not like uh, put in the comment section let us know what you think, what rating you would give them. And uh, so how can people find you? I'm on Twitter at John J. North and I have a YouTube channel as well. I'm, I'm doing these episodes that we're doing sort of a standalone episodes. Uh, Right now I'm kind of, I'm going back and forth. I'm really busy. So I haven't gotten one out for last week yet, but there will be more coming. Yeah. I just want to get some time. Sure. Uh, and those are really fun. I'll have a link in the description for uh, your channel and check that out for sure. And his other content, your other content is really great. So check that out. And you can follow me here on YouTube, Rachel's Reviews, on iTunes, under the same name. Also, I have my Hallmarkies podcast. And, and that was very exciting because yesterday we got over a thousand listens total cumulative which was very exciting uh, so check that out too and uh, my blog is 54 disney reviews so lots of fun stuff going on and uh so yeah thanks again for joining me it's so fun to talk about these good episodes yeah i love talking about them too thanks for yeah. having me no problem